On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you to the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports friendly perspective. With pro handicappers Alex P. Smith, Andrew McKinnis, and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, Monday, January 24th. Ian Cameron, Jimmy Murphy uh, with you, Andrew McGinnis joining momentarily as well. Uh, we are here for a brand new week ready to attack another NHL card for a Monday. We've got seven games on the docket tonight. And as always, breaking them all down from a betting perspective right here on the Ice Guys. Now, we are a hockey betting show. We firmly uh, admit that, of course. We're also a betting show. And I felt it it would have been wrong to just jump into the hockey card and not bring up a certain quartet of games that took place in another sport uh, this past weekend. Talking, of course, the National Football League and the divisional playoff round, which was absolutely insane. And in some way, shape, or form, all four games came down to the wire. Now, you could say some of the games were not exactly enthralling from start to finish. Certainly the Rams game with the Buccaneers stands out. You know, that game really didn't get good until the fourth quarter when Tampa Bay made that furious rally. Um, but the Bengals and the Titans on su- Saturday was back and forth. Lower scoring, but back and forth went down to the wire. A couple of plays decided that game. The Packers and the 49ers, a couple of plays decided that game. Very fun- hilarious to me that the Packers special teams has been piss fucking poor all year, and it finally comes back to hurt them uh, in the biggest game of the season uh, against the Niners. The Rams look like they're blowing out the Bucks. And then the Bucks mount a furious comeback, aided by turnovers by the Rams, including Cam Akers. All you got to do, man, is hold on to the football, get a first down. He fumbles, gives Brady the opportunity to punch in a game-tying touchdown, only then to have, of all things, Cooper Cup get behind the defense. How the hell do you let that happen uh, if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? And then we wrapped it up with just a insane Bills-Chiefs showdown. Uh, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. I mean, just an incredible quarterback duel. They both ran for 50 yards plus. They both threw for 300 passing yards plus. They both had no interceptions in that game. I mean, it was about perfect quarterback play from those two guys. Back and forth they went. 25 points were scored in the final two minutes of the fourth quarter. I've never seen anything like that. You probably never will see anything like that again. There's so many plays you could go back and forth. Oh, you know, leaving 13 seconds on the clock, you know, kicking it for a touchback instead of maybe kicking it in the field of play so that a few more seconds run off the clock. So you give Mahomes less time to get it into field goal range. The bad defense on Kelsey to let them get into field goal range. Uh, And then, of course, losing the coin toss kind of felt like whoever lost that coin toss was going to lose the game because no defense was going to stop the other from getting in the end zone uh, in overtime. But an unbelievable football game. 
one of the best playoff games I've ever seen. And look, even though this is a hockey show, I felt compelled to talk a little bit about what we saw in the NFL divisional playoff round. It was absolutely insane. Uh, Jimmy, I think you concur with me. It was quite the weekend of playoff NFL football. Yeah, I mean, uh, let me tell you, I want to go back, uh, go back to Saturday and those games then. And I don't know about you. I don't know where you stood because I wasn't on with you, obviously, for the last few days. I've been down and out and uh, watched a lot of that football from bed. But, uh, you know, one thing I can tell you is I just love the Bengals going into that game, man. I I just thought that had upset written all over. I just like I like the way it was setting up for them. The Tennessee just down the stretch did kind of up and down and didn't really seem to have uh, the cohesiveness that a normal number one seed would have. And I was like, this is a perfect spot for them. And, and they do it and they get it. And then of course the, the package 49 is now I, I'm going to come right out and say it. I, I'm, I'm not looking at that game objectively. I can't stand Aaron Rodgers. I'm not going to get into the politics of Aaron Rodgers, except to say that no matter what anyone tells me, I still disagree that his politics and his anti-vaccine stance was a selfish way to affect his team throughout the season. I think it literally did become a distraction. I think we saw that in this game. But the fact that people could still somehow, and I know he lost yesterday, but he still came back. I I know Tom Brady lost yesterday, but to somehow with stats staring you in the face, the, the track record and everything, and the way Tom Brady handles his team versus the way Aaron Rodgers is a team guy, to say that he is anywhere close to Tom Brady in, 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 you know, in terms of being the GOAT and in terms of being the greatest quarterback ever is just asinine. How many times does this POS have to choke in the playoffs for people to realize how overrated he is? You can take your stats and your MVP and shove him where the sun don't shine because he is one overrated quarterback and he will never even sniff Tom Brady's jockstrap. And I'm sick of hearing that argument. And that was proven again in that game as he choked. Let's not forget, guys, nobody talks about this right now. The Green Bay defense played amazing in yeah. that game. They did what they had to. And they put they put Aaron Rodgers twice in position to win. And he still couldn't do it. So spare me this argument. I don't want to ever hear it again. That was put to bed this Saturday when he choked again when it mattered most. On to Sunday. I mean, just amazing games. Like, yeah, Brady didn't pull off the comeback this time, but he came damn close, and no other quarterback is doing that, what he did in that fourth quarter. And I don't know about you guys. I, I went right on, and I put $5 to win about 375 when they went down 27 to 3. I got that. Wow. And it was, it was like, you know what? Screw it. It's Tom Brady. And sure enough, he almost did it. But what a game. Kudos to the Rams. Uh, I really that ran kudos to Matthew Stafford, Jimmy, because they were totally rattled at that time. They must have been just thinking, oh, my gosh, are we really going to lose this game? And he unloaded that bomb of a throw to Cooper Cup down the field. When he gave it up like on that fumble again or that, you know, the missed uh, hike. I mean, look, he showed a lot of poise. This guy has finally found his niche. He's finally found that extra level of confidence he needs and that poise to win in a big situation. And he proved it. You're right. Kudos to him. And then what can you say about that Rams chiefs game? I mean, about that chiefs bills game, except Ian, you forgot to mention when I don't think I heard you, but you made the best point of all on Twitter after that game, everybody's talking about the overtime and how it's a stupid rule. Well, we know that, but it is what it is. The overtime is what it is. And it's a shame he didn't get the ball, Allen, and the Bills' offense. But at the same time, make a stop. Keep him exactly. out of the end zone. I mean, the yeah. rules are what the rules yeah. are. You you can agree or disagree with them until the cows come home, but they are what they are. What isn't 
something that doesn't need to happen, though, is the horrendous coaching from the Buffalo Bills and what the hell they were thinking on kicking that thing into the end zone after they took the lead with 14 seconds left. And just, it just you, you knew when they panned in to Allen hugging people like he had won the Super Bowl for crying out loud. And there's still 14 seconds left. And I'm seeing all these guys celebrating. I'm seeing them not even taking it seriously. Like this thing's a done deal. And I'm like, they're going to lose. They're going to lose. And then when they kicked it into the end zone, that's it. Sorry. Game over, and you knew that the Chiefs were going to do it. That was one of the worst coaching decisions I've seen in the playoffs in recent memory. And I'm sorry, but that Bills coaching staff deserves that loss. Josh Allen doesn't deserve that loss. The players don't deserve that loss, but the coaching deserves that loss. And it, and it sucks because, you know, that fan base is just so tortured. And, and I, I just felt so bad for them. I, you know, I grew up in the era of Bill Buckner here in Boston and, I seen, you know, plenty of heartache losses when I was growing up. It wasn't always all titles in Boston when I was growing up. So I can feel for them and I know what they're going through. And it's just, you just hate to see it. I feel so bad for them. Yeah, it's, uh, it was an unbelievable game. There's so many plays in a game like that, especially for the Bills on the losing end of it, where you can say, what if we did this? What if we made that play? What if we didn't give te- uh, Kelsey uh, a big cushion off the line of scrimmage? Like nobody jammed him. You know, there's no off the line of scrimmage within the five yard radius. They just gave him a free, you know, basically route down the field to make a catch and put them into field goal range. So there was a bunch of issues for sure. Um, it's just heartbreaking uh, if you're the uh, Buffalo Bills. And, you know, Allen, I don't know if the defense deserved to win that game for the Buffalo Bills, but Josh Allen sure did. Uh, and that was um, very, uh, very unfortunate for them that they uh, uh, came up short with everything Allen did. Uh, in that game against the uh, Chiefs. But an incredible weekend of football. Figured we'd mention it. We might even mention it next Monday on the show after Championship Sunday, especially if the games are were as good as they were uh, this past uh, weekend. That was one sure. of those weekends, Ian, though, where you yep. could kind of you could kind of see – okay, I'm not mute. You could kind of see, I mean, that the, the underdogs in terms of taking the points, I, I thought it lined up very well to take points – uh, in those games. And uh, and you just don't, you have rare weekends like that where you can kind of look at four games ahead of time and say, these are going to be all four of them are going to be heck of a game. And and it, it all panned out that way. Yeah. Claudio asking who is your Super Bowl champion uh, for me and Jimmy. I hope it's the Rams. The Rams are the only team I have a con preseason conference and f- uh, Super Bowl future still pending with. Yep. Me too. Yeah. It's the Rams. Was, so I hope it's the Rams, the Rams, but the, the fan of me and again feeling for fan bases that have been tortured. It'd be pretty cool to see the Bengals win it. Yeah, I, I, that that would be too. I honestly, well, who I think it's going to be, man, that's that's tough. I think you could go with everybody. Everybody's still alive. I think Kansas City will probably beat Cincy, although I think I, it'll be competitive. I don't know. I, I I don't know, man. There's a lot about that Kansas City game. You just mentioned it. I mean, it was basically one of those games where whoever had the ball last was going to win. Yeah. You know, look at the way Cincinnati plays and how much more structured they are and how much more calculated they are than the two teams that we saw playing that, you know, Bill's Chiefs game. I, I think that and maybe coaching end up helping a little. I think Cincinnati could pull it off. I really do. I do think they're competitive next, especially yeah. when you think of this is the it's not going to be a blowout. This is the ultimate emotional, you know, you talk about mental, physical, emotional ride that this Bill's Chiefs game was Sunday night. Yeah. It's going to be difficult to wheel back around if you're Kansas City uh, and be ready to go, I think, uh, uh, early in that game at least against the Bengals. So that's definitely something you want to uh, 
keep an keep an eye on because yeah, there's letdown potential for sure. There shouldn't. I don't usually buy into that because you're one game away from going to the Super Bowl, but it's just difficult. And there was an exhausting, grueling affair last night. Uh, and what do they have left in them to, next week is obviously uh, a big question. Well, but, uh, just a quick question before we go to answer. Sorry, I want to ask you, though, because yeah. you're talking about letdowns there. If Allen had got the ball back, I was kind of worried that after what he had gone through emotionally to get them to that point and get the lead and everything, I was wondering if he was going to have that letdown on that next drive. We'll never know, obviously, but it just felt like they poured so much in there to avoid overtime that no matter what happened from that point on, the Chiefs were going to win. I just felt like they'd be too deflated. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. Tyron Matthew, the Honey Badger's injured now too, and that's a huge piece of their defense. So keep an eye on that. The 49ers-Rams game, I think the Rams are positioned well to finally beat the 49ers, but you can't deny the 49ers have owned them. Six straight victories head-to-head in the McVay-Shanahan era. So it's hard to uh, to argue with that. Take the under. But it should be a good championship Sunday again. With just how amazing that divisional playoff weekend was, even though this is a hockey betting show, I felt compelled. We had to start the show talking about that uh, at least a little bit. We got Andrew McGinnis now back with us uh, following the weekend. Uh, Andrew, welcome in. Uh, Did you have any thoughts from the football? I don't know how much of it you got to see because I knew you were away a little bit this weekend. But uh, what did you think of a crazy weekend of NFL playoff football? Well, that's part of the reason why I was away, was to enjoy it with some good friends. There's a reason why it's uh, 3.20 local time and I'm having a cup of coffee right now. Right. Uh, <laughs> maybe too much fun, you know. But, uh, yeah, great weekend. I, I wanted to make sure I was home I was uh, for the game last night. Um, just couldn't believe it. I mean, first of all, I think everybody that everybody that hates on Brady, like, I, you know, everybody from around my part of town uh, where I live is they're all Brady fans because Patriots are actually the closest team, believe it or not, in the NFL to where I live. So uh, it's like a nine hour drive away from where Jimmy lives, but that's still the closest NFL team pretty much to us. Um, I'm a Packers fan. So obviously I was disappointed. Um, I like the Packers. I know everyone hates on uh, Rodgers. I'm a fan of the team. I don't, you know, uh, I don't find all of crazy stuff, but um I one thing I love to see is just like competitiveness. The fact that every single game came down to one last play, field goal. The importance of special teams is kind of what I wanted to mention for this weekend. I mean, how important was uh, San Fran special teams in that game against my Packers, or even you know in the Rams and Buccaneers game, the kicking like when when it came down to clutch moments. Even yesterday in the Bills game, I mean, you needed to you know there were a couple kicks and and. I don't think Case. I don't think the Bills actually had one field goal the whole game. KC had one or two, and um, so it was it was unbelievable. And for everybody complaining about the OT rules, I get it. I wish the OT rules were kind of the same as the CFL, but get a stop. You know, you had plenty of chances to get a stop before that. And yep. uh, I saw Joe Ranieri uh, tweet out. It was kind of funny. It was a graphic. It was like uh, uh, it was like. If their if the OT rules weren't weren't there, this is what the score would have been, and it was like 132 to 125. You know, those two teams would have just traded points until it was five in the morning. So, uh, competitive game, super exciting, and uh, can't wait for next week. And when I hopped on here, I heard you guys talking about the Bengals, and obviously see them getting seven points opening up. I, I feel like they can trade with the rest of them, and I know Burrow is kind of. Uh, you know, you either like him or you don't, but some people are kind of saying he's getting a little cocky. Look, sometimes you kind of have to be like that just to kind of fire yourself up. Like he's wearing those funny sunglasses. Like 
people don't realize that sometimes you don't even do it for like looking cool. It's for yourself to get in that mojo. And Burrow has that right now. He's not scared of anybody, and you love to see it. If yeah. he can back it up, then do it. That's yeah. my philosophy. Yeah, yep, that's exactly right. That's the Kid Rock song, Cocky. It, it ain't bragging if you do it and you back it up. It's true. Yeah. Uh, it ain't bragging uh, if you can do it and you can back it up. And Joe Burrow's doing that right now. Uh, we're going to hope we can back it up today with our betting opinions on this Monday NHL card. So let's get into it and turn the page back to the ice, mm. back to hockey, uh, back to frozen water as our late friend Brian Blessing would say. He always called it frozen water. Uh, the Monday card will start with the LA Kings and the New York Rangers. We've got the Rangers minus 150 to minus 160. Uh, home favorites in that game. Total five and a half here across the board. Uh, the Kings back-to-back -back on the road beating New Jersey 3-2 to two, uh, last night. Uh, nice win for them to start this road trip. Obviously a much trickier situation here in this game for the uh, Kings who uh, got uh, Adrian Kempe as well, I should say, back from uh, the uh, absence list last night, COVID protocol list. So that was good to see. Uh, Quinton Byfield now up with the Kings. We've been waiting for him to be a part of this uh, roster. Uh, regularly, he is now. So uh, the Kings definitely with a great array of young talent, no question about that. But a little bit of a tricky spot here, back-to-back -back on the road. Rested Rangers team that played Saturday night. Got off to a really sluggish start uh, against Arizona in that 7-3 to three game that they eventually won. They actually were behind 3-1, to one, and then the floodgates uh, just opened up uh, for the uh, New York Rangers after that. Uh, you know, just uh, uh, on offensive onslaught it was uh, for them. Chris Kreider, of course, uh, another really good game for him uh, the other night against the uh, Arizona Coyotes. Um, just an, uh, an offensive uh, explosion it was against Arizona uh, in that game uh, against the uh, uh, Coyotes. Now they play the Kings, and they actually lost the Rangers to L.A. on the road earlier this year by a score of 3-1. to one. So uh, it actually is a spot where I don't know, think the Rangers are going to probably look past or overlook uh, the L.A. Kings necessarily here in this game. We don't have goalie goalies confirmed yet for this game, but projected to be uh, Cal Peterson for the uh, L.A. Kings. Uh, potentially, uh, even though he started last night, 3-2, he's been splitting time with Quick, but yet there's a potential that he's back in the net tonight. So again, not confirmed yet. would be a little bit of a surprise, but uh, obviously they like the way he has played uh, and might get uh, the uh, starting assignment here in this game. You would think Shesterkin here for the Rangers, but a little bit of a difficult spot for New York. New York has suddenly started to play really well at home uh, in recent games as well, uh, going into this matchup here against the Kings. I'm going to probably look at them in regulation. That's definitely uh, on the radar for me. I'll probably make that an official bet uh, once we get goalies confirmed. But for me, it would be Rangers here uh, in regulation. Still the Bru uh, Kings, by the way, a losing record uh, on the road, even after uh, last night's victory against New Jersey. So uh, definitely still leaning toward the uh, Rangers here. Uh, yeah, Capo Caco is out. Philip Hedel. Philip Hedel actually is kind of an absence you hate to see because he's been very good in that bottom six forward role, but he's got a lower body injury, four goals, seven assists, but he's been good both sides of the puck. Caco, you know, has kind of been in a slump lately, so I think the Rangers can make do without him uh, tonight because, he, you know, he hasn't exactly been firing offensively lately. Uh, but I like the Rangers here in regulation. Certainly spot-wise, uh, it makes sense for them here in this game. Jimmy, what do you think, Kings-Rangers? Yeah, guys, I'm looking at this game right now. And uh, you know what? 
I, I like it. I'm not going to touch the side right now, but I like an, a low scoring game. It just seems, you know, it's a Monday night game. You know, you don't always have the juiced up crowd that you usually do at MSG. You got a Western team coming out East and, and both teams can buckle down when they want to. We've seen that. And, and both goalies, you know, if they get Jonathan quick, look, don't forget Jonathan quick grew up as a New York Rangers fan. I don't have his stats at MSG in front of me right now, but I know that he tends to get pretty fired up for these games when he comes back to New York. Uh, he grew up in nearby Connecticut there. So, you know, he might turn in a nice game in terms of that momentum or that emotion going on there. And then you're always going to get a good game from the Rangers goaltending as well. So give me the under five and a half in this game. All right. Under five and a half. I could see that being a low scoring game as well tonight uh, because you've got obviously the Ran- Rangers weren't happy with their start defensively against Arizona. They may be looking no. to make amends for that here tonight. Just play tidier, a little bit cleaner in your own zone. I think that might be an emphasis. It certainly sounded like that if you saw and read the uh, and heard the uh, postgame comments from uh, Gerard Gallant uh, even after the 7-3 win against Arizona on uh, Saturday. Uh, Andrew, your thoughts on Kings Rangers? Yeah, I think I, I like the fact that these two teams played recently, and, and, and obviously we know the result of that game. So, um, you know, the revenge angle is always kind of a funny one to talk about, but I think in here it's kind of applicable. Obviously, L.A. second half of a back-to-back, that was kind of a sloppy game yesterday. Um, and with this Rangers team, it's kind of funny because I, I want your guys' thoughts on this because I sometimes say when you get off a game like they're off of against Coyotes, you could kind of breeze into the next game. I'm not so sure that they're really the kind of team that does that. You know, like I've almost looked to fade some teams off off of playing Arizona just because it's like you're off a team. And it's such a step down in class compared to many teams. But, you know, I don't do this quite often. And um, unless actually the only time I've really laid a lot of juice this year has been first period totals. And I've had no issue doing that. Uh, but th- actually today I locked in the Rangers plus or minus 150. Um, that's what I got this Rangers team. I didn't want to mess with the regulation today for some reason, but I decided just to go with the money line with them, the way they're scoring right now. Hopefully we'll see Shesterkin in there. Uh, they're getting relatively healthy. Um, and the Kings to me, actually guys are kind of a sell team right now. Look at the way they've been playing. Look at their last week and a half last night. I actually spent about half an hour, 45 minutes going through some teams and the schedule coming up versus schedule they've had. And Look, the Kings, I got to be impressed with them. They've had some decent games. There's no doubt about it. I can't sit here and say they've played bad hockey. I just don't think they can continue it. And uh, I don't think they have the depth to do that. So I think the Rangers can get it done. And I'm, I'm comfortable to come on here and say, I'll take the money line. All right. So Rangers minus 150 here, money line for Andrew. Playing it a little safer uh, with the uh, money line here. Uh, Shesterkin, by the way, 10 and 1 in his last 11 starts. He's won six in a row as well. Uh, in between the pipes for the uh, Rangers. You'd expect him in there. He's been brilliant. And to be honest with you, there's been games the Rangers have not carried the play. There's been a lot of games the Rangers have not had the puck possession and and the offensive zone time and the danger chances and the expected goals of their opponent. They've lost that battle in a lot of games this year. So statistically, you know, they're not going to be the metric darling team. No, based if you really look into how they've played from a you know advanced numbers standpoint, but what they've done is they've uh, negated any chances. The goaltending has been just so strong from Shesterkin, and it's cleaned up any uh, issues they've had uh, at the defensive end. So uh, one that's more play I wanted to look at was uh, over uh, two and a half or three, depending on what your book is offering for Chris Kreider shots coming off that Hattie against the Coyotes. He's had some games recently with five, six shots. Obviously, some we've seen uh, one or two, but 
Um, you know, against Toronto, he had five. Against San Jose, he had six. Against Vegas, he had five. I think in tonight's game, he'll get on the board as well or be at least hungry to shoot the puck. Yeah, there's no doubt. Uh, he has uh, definitely uh, been shooting the puck. He's been getting chances. And the great thing about Chris Kreider is he's not a perimeter player. He's going to go to the tough areas of the ice where you need to be uh, in order to score goals. You're not always going to settle for, you know, that shot from the uh, face-off circle or the shot from, you know, a tough angle. You're going to go into the slot area in that blue crease, that blue paint area, and you're going to try to find ways to score that way. That's what I like about the game for uh, Chris Kreider and uh, certainly a hat trick. Great night for him uh, against Arizona on Saturday. Uh, Vegas and Washington next up. We've got Washington minus 140 home favorites, six the total uh, in this game. No no shame at all or no regrets at all with um, backing Ottawa against Washington Saturday night. Ottawa, you know, was right there with a chance to win. That's all you can ask for when you were getting, what, plus 180 with the Senators in that game like I was. And, uh, you know, they took Washington to overtime. Unfortunately, they could not make a 2-0 lead stand up. The Capitals responded and ended up winning in overtime by a score of 3-2. to two. They did actually start to really carry the play as it went along. They ended up outshooting the Senators 33-22 uh, in that game. It got stronger as it went. Uh, we'll see if they can keep it going here against the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. I am concerned about... You know, Washington's recent inability, though, to string wins together. It's been a problem, you know, for Washington uh, in recent games. Off of win lately, it's not been great. One in six, by the way, in their last seven games following a victory. You know, they beat Detroit. Then they go on that four-game losing streak. They beat the Islanders. They can't follow it up. They lose the next game. They beat Winnipeg in overtime. Again, can't follow it up. They lose their next game against Boston. So the ability to put wins together has been tough for this team. Uh, Vegas, of course, starting a road trip here. And when you look at what's coming up for Vegas at Carolina, at Florida, at Tampa, you know, they've got that three game juggernaut where opposing teams have go gone to die uh, this year, uh, playing the Hurricanes, the Panthers and the Lightning uh, on the road in those three straight games. This becomes an important one for Vegas. This is your most winnable. It is. It's your most winnable game. Washington's play to me right now is nowhere close to Carolina, to Tampa Bay and to Florida. Now, Florida's been a little bit up and down on the road trip, but you're talking they're going to have to play Vegas, Florida at home, and Florida has been a beast and a machine at home uh, this year. So this becomes a very important game for the Golden Knights. I understand they're very shorthanded. Alec Martinez still out. Max Pacioretty out. Zach Whitecloud on the blue line out. Nick Hague on the blue line out. Mark Stone still out. Uh, lots of injuries still for the Golden Knights, and they've not exactly played great hockey. They were 1-5 in five and 6 games prior to uh, escaping it with a win against the Montreal Canadiens uh, in overtime, 4-3 in their last game. They've had quite a bit of time off. They haven't played now since uh, that game last Thursday at home against Montreal. I like the setup here for Vegas. I don't trust Washington in this price range. They still have a pretty dismal record, uh, I believe 3-8 and eight in the last 11 without TJ Oshie, who remains out. I've talked about that a lot, that they have struggled without Oshie in the lineup. Now, the good news is Dmitry Orlov, returns from his suspension tonight. Uh, that's a good news uh, for the Washington Capitals, but Oshie's still out, and Nick Jensen, another of their key blue liners, moved to the uh, injured reserve here tonight for Washington. I like Vegas here at this price, especially with it having gone up a little bit to plus 125, plus 130 uh, from where it was in the opener. I would lean over this total of six as well. One thing that does concern me for Vegas is Robin Leonard has not been at his best uh, in recent starts for the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. 
However, Vitek Vanacek, his counterpart, who will be in the net tonight for Washington, has been up and down and very inconsistent. So the goals could be there in this game. And I certainly like the shot here with Vegas at a plus price as a road underdog. Jimmy, what do you think here? Vegas, Washington. Guys, you know, this is a this is a tough one as well. I think it's going to be a hell of a game. And and because I'm I'm feeling that, I'm I'm gonna go with the draw in this game. I'm really liking this game to go to overtime. Two two good contenders going at it. They can play some physical hockey. They can also come at you in waves offensively. And like you said, here and there, though, you're gonna get some good goaltending battles as well with them. Uh, the one thing I would I would say too with Robin Leonard there, I'm with you on that, but I feel like watching him lately, I've been watching a couple of his games more lately staying up for these West coast games. And I, I think that he may be about to go on a little run there. Let's see how it happened. What happens tonight, but give me the draw in this game. All good right, value. Jimmy, Jimmy liking the draw here. Yeah, absolutely. You can get a really good price North of uh, plus a uh, 300 uh, with that probably will be a close game, competitive game. And we've certainly seen Vegas play a lot of those lately. Uh, no doubt about that. But uh, so J Jimmy liking the uh, draw uh, in this one, by the way, Vegas with six straight victories on the road coming into this game. So they actually have played well uh, as of late outside of T-Mobile arena uh, as they uh, begin this road trip. Andrew uh, golden Knights and capitals. I'm looking towards the over in this game. Uh, I, I think that uh, first of all, we had, I want to check something actually real quick. I apologize for not having this uh, injury report here for the capitals. Uh, as far as the defenseman, didn't you guys know anything about this? Uh, there was two guys that I was waiting to hear from for Washington. So yeah, yeah Orlov's in. Orlov's so Orlov's in. in. Yeah, Carlson's. At, so yeah, Jensen's. Who, Jensen's still listed as questionable. Is what I'm seeing. Correct. Jensen. I saw something, yeah. Yeah, I saw something really interesting. It was like uh, if you're missing out on those two guys, you're missing out on like 26 block shots. You know, like 21 minutes of ice time. It was like, anyway, it's a cool article I read about those two guys, what they mean to the team defensively. Yep. Um, but it's kind of cool to look at with both these teams. They're kind of very comparable in their own conferences. Because let's face it, Washington has dealt with quite a bit of COVID. A lot of injuries as well. Uh, and we know what they've been like without Oshi. We know what they've been like without a couple of guys. But then all of a sudden, they kind of start to turn it on. Look at the, the Vegas Golden Knights. When's the last time we checked a website or, or a report from a hockey team and saw their website tell us zero injuries for the Vegas Golden Knights? I don't think I've seen that all season long with them. Uh, and they've slowly but surely been able to kind of battle out of it. And if you look at kind of the goals allowed from them as well, I know they played Montreal, but hey, you know, still gave up a couple goals to them. You play a team like Toronto, Pittsburgh. Um, so I look at Washington here. At home, they'll be able to get a few on them. Both these teams haven't really had strong goaltending. Both these teams, these teams have had to go to their number twos quite a bit. Even number three for both these teams have had to be in, be in action. So I feel like we can get over six here in this game. I know it's kind of a, a really, really heavily bet game. And it's kind of a, you know, I guess you would say it's it's kind of a square pick with these two teams going together. But I feel like we can see some goals here tonight. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Definitely, uh, like you know, over the total here in this one. And yeah, Jensen does matter defensively. There's no doubt. Uh, so does Orlov, but the, and he'll have to be back. That's the one thing about Washington. He does matter for them defensively, and it will be nice for them to have him back. Uh, well, you look at the and the, why I think Vegas has value. I continue to think Washington's just they're just skirting by, you know, in so many of their wins. I mean, you look at right now the last ten games, they're only plus zero point four in terms of their expected goals margin. 
And you can contrast that with Vegas, who are plus 6.7 expected goals margin their last 10 games. So Vegas has the better advanced statistics and profile. They're, they're generating more quality. They're generating more chances that should result in goals than Washington. Yeah. And they're giving up less chances that should result in goals compared to Washington. Washington, to me, uh, there's issues with this hockey team. You know, I've been picking my spots against them lately. Uh, you know, Winnipeg, uh, and I've lost a couple, and frustrating because Winnipeg was right there against them. They lost in overtime. Ottawa had a 2 nothing lead against them, uh, and they lost in overtime. I f- feel like I've, just, I've been on the right side. I've been making good bets, taking these dogs against this somewhat right now overvalued Washington team. Winnipeg was right there, couldn't close the deal. Ottawa was right there, couldn't close the deal against Washington. Um, and I'm not going to back off, though, uh, even with a couple of these results where Washington was fortuitous to win some of these games. And I'm going to come back here against them tonight once again with Vegas here uh, at a nice road underdog price. All right, next up, we've got Dallas and Philadelphia. Phil- uh, Dallas minus 160, uh, road favorites, five and a half being the total uh, in this game. Uh, you've got the uh, Dallas Stars as this uh, road trip for them continues. Uh, and uh, it hasn't exactly gotten off to a easy start by any stretch of the imagination, this road trip. It started in Buffalo. They had to rally from a deficit to get past the Sabres 5-4. Same thing with Detroit uh, on Friday night. I mean, they were down 4-3. They looked like they were going to lose that hockey game. They tie it in the final minute, 4-4, and then they win in overtime 5-4. So Dallas, you talk about teams that are just escaping. Right now, I mentioned it with Washington, Dallas, you can throw them in that same boat right now that they are just doing enough to get by. I mean, Philadelphia, what can you say at this point? It's just an absolute mess for them. An 11 game losing streak now uh, after a 6-3 loss to the Buffalo Sabres. I mentioned on Saturday's show, it was to me, I could not lay a price on the road with Philly in that game. You had to either take Buffalo uh, and or the over. I did have small bets on both. And Mark Jones, folks, did his thing. Terrible. Just absolutely brutal in the first period of that game. Buffalo chases him from the net. Uh, and they end up go- winning pretty much going away. They were never threatened in that game. Uh, a 6-3 win over the Flyers. That being said, my gosh, I'm very, very tempted to take Philly here. Crazy as it is to say. The, uh, Dallas, to me, is you talk about teams that have just... They're, they have not really carried the play necessarily. They play tight to the vest. They play close games. They are doing that against teams like Detroit and Buffalo. And I know Philly's probably playing every bit as poorly as some of those uh, Detroits or Buffaloes of the world. I get it. But, boy, you know, you want to lay minus 160, go for it. I'm not going to be doing that. And Jake Ottinger's had some struggles lately as well, and he's been confirmed in net uh, for the Dallas Stars. Let's keep in mind – He's talented, but he's a young kid. He's going to go through ups and downs during the course of a long NHL season, and he's going through a downturn right now. He hasn't been sharp the last few games. He gave up five goals in that loss to the Montreal Canadiens on only uh, 19 shots that he faced. Uh, He gave up four against the uh, Florida Panthers in that 7-1 loss uh, earlier this month. So he has not been necessarily sharp in that, and at least from a Philly perspective, you know, I'm going to have likely Carter Hart uh, in net for them here uh, in this game against the uh, Dallas Stars. And you look at his recent numbers, he's actually given up two goals uh, in each of his last two uh, starts. So that's a good sign. He's been a little bit better. You know, Philly is not going to go over for the rest of the season. I, I absolutely think this could be a night where they end the, the skid, uh, to be quite honest with you. So I'm going to I'm actually going to pull the trigger here. Small bet. 
Philadelphia at this price. Dallas, to me, laying this number, they're squeaking by against some pretty rough competition the last few days. Mm. That's not something I'm, I'm one bit interested here in backing. The one thing about Philadelphia, if they don't get sewered by Martin Jones in the first period of that game, maybe it's a different result because I like the way they were playing. Uh, in that first period. And then, of course, Martin Jones buries them with just a shitty period of goaltending. Uh, and all of a sudden, you know, they're they're down 4-1 in the blink of an eye, and they can't do anything to bounce back at that point. Um, I think they're live here, believe it or not, even though they're on an 11-game skid. It's more than anything Dallas, to me, can't be trusted in this price range, laying this kind of chalk on the road. Jimmy, what do you think here, Stars and Flyers? Guys, I'm going to stay away from the side in this right now. I'm with you. I don't like the way the Stars have been playing. Their recent form is not good at all. And then the Flyers are the Flyers. And, yep. you know, it, it's it's hard to bet on them right now. I respect your cards there, Ian, but I'm going to stay away from that. But <laughs> I, I love over right now. I love a lot of goals in this. Uh, yeah, Carter Hart's been a little better than, you know, than Martin Jones. But still, that defense is, is just a mess sometimes in yep. front of the team defense, not just the blue line. Everyone on there just – doesn't know how to get back in their own end and play some hockey there. So give me the over in this one. All right. Liking the over. I can't fault that. But uh, uh, six with Dallas is always a little sketchy for me with the over. But, you know, both teams kind of scuffling at the defensive end right now. And they are still very shorthanded, obviously, uh, the Philadelphia Flyers, especially at the center spot. You've got no Kevin Hayes. You've got no Sean Couturier. Those are the two big ones uh, in particular. Joel Farabee, who's actually had a pretty solid year with 11 goals, 7 assists, 18 points for the Philadelphia Flyers this year. He's going to miss still a good amount of time with that upper body injury that he's dealing with right now. So there's still a lot of personnel issues right now with the Flyers. But, boy, uh, I think you know we've seen for the most part still this team's been in some of these games. Dallas has let teams hang around in every game they've played lately. So I think this could be the night. It's just one of those gut feel. And if we're back here tomorrow and we see the Flyers have finally snapped the skid, I'll be the I'll be the one to say I wasn't totally shocked by that, especially with what I've seen from Dallas lately. Uh, Andrew, what do you think here, Dallas and Philly? Yeah, it, it it should be interesting to see what happens here. I mean, this team it. It's one of those things where sometimes you 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 notice a lot more of the hot teams than the cold teams, and it's why I did what I did last night. I was telling you guys about looking at some of these teams and their schedules coming up and what they had before because it's something I want to add to my handicapping. It's starting to forecast things a lot more. And Philadelphia, it's just I was just surprised to see kind of what I knew they weren't very good, and I've gotten actually a lot of flack from people for saying that they weren't very good, and here they are, you know, giving up several goals. My question is. A lot of other years, it was the goaltending, guys. This year, can we really say it was the goaltending? I'm not so sure we can this year. We the defense we, has been bad. The yeah, blue line's been it bad. can't all be on Kata Hot. You know what I mean? Yeah. It can't be his fault every every, every year. You know, uh, it, it can't be just the goaltender. And I think that, they, that it's been lack of scoring. Um, these guys don't have several options. When it's a few guys not scoring, it's nobody scoring uh, for that team. That's kind of what worries me about this game. I just pulled up DraftKings here, guys. I'm just trying to find the the uh, uh, to make sure I can mention our sponsor here. Um, so I have I have this at three. Okay, this is a prop that I really liked, but DraftKings is only showing two and a half, and unfortunately, it's like minus two sixty or one sixty. But anyway, I really like Rupe Hints over on shots. You can look at points or assists as well. Rupe Hints for the Dallas Stars has been exceptional. He's a player, I believe, that falls under the radar. Um, you look at what he's done his last several games. Coming off a strong game 
uh, obviously against just Detroit, but back-to-back games with two points, one goal and assist. But here's his shot chart for the last little while. Five, five, nine, four, three, three, two, and three. So some might say, well, DraftKings has two, one and a half, two and a half at minus 160. Why would you lay that number? Well, I just listed around eight or nine times in a row where he's gotten to at least three shots on goal. Um, I was able to find a three elsewhere. You can, you know, obviously I want to mention the sponsor of our show uh, and the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, but Rupe hints to get an assist or points or shots on goal somewhere that I'd look uh, in that one. But yeah, I'm kind of with Jimmy. Um, and guys, the, the more that betting uh, advances, the more we're starting to see here with these props. And even though I kind of think we're going to see a higher scoring game, how about uh, Carter Hart over on saves tonight? I saw him listed at around, I think it was like 29 and a half saves or something like that. I feel like it's going to be a competitive game. Dallas has been getting shots. Like you said, they haven't all been quality. This is a new market I might tap into, guys. And I, I'd like to start talking about this with you guys on the show. Um, it used to be just one book here or there offering these. And now you're starting to see them. Pretty much every book has these up for grabs. You know, I'm on the same thing with, uh, I mean, I'll mention it, obviously. But we're, I'm on it tonight with John Gibson with the Ducks. I mean, I don't care what the Ducks do every night. If they win or lose, this guy is standing on his head, getting like 40 shots against him. Uh, these save props are pretty key. So for this game so far, I've locked in two props. It's been uh, Carter Hart over on his saves and Rupe Hints over on his shots. So I'm off the goals or the totals and sides. It's a prop game for me. Yeah, nothing wrong uh, with uh, that. Definitely the prop market is a fluid. It's definitely increasing. You're seeing more and more books offering player props in a wide variety, wide array. DraftKings certainly as our premier sponsor here with the Hockey Podcast Network and the Ice Guys is definitely uh, on that. So uh, very looking, uh, very much take advantage of those opportunities when they make sense. Uh, we've got Anaheim and Boston next up. Boston minus 245, minus 250. Uh, home favorites in this game. The total five and a half here, pretty much across the board. Uh, Boston Bruins, of course, have been on this uh, homestand now for a, a pretty uh, decent period of time, uh, which will be uh, wrapping up tonight with this uh, game against the uh, Anaheim Ducks. Uh, Boston's won. Uh, obviously, they've played pretty good lately, seven and one in their last eight games uh, on this homestand. Uh, they've gone five and one. The only loss was that Willie O'Ree ceremony night debacle against Carolina. You know, outside of that, though, 5-1 against Montreal, 3-2 against Philly, 4-3 against Nashville, 4-3 against Washington, 3-2 victory Saturday afternoon uh, against Winnipeg. So very solid uh, results for the uh, Boston Bruins uh, in uh, during this homestand. Still a little bit banged up, though, going into this uh, game tonight, especially on the blue line. Mike Riley's out indefinitely. Matt Grizzlick uh, with the injury that he took in the Winnipeg game. It happened on uh, Saturday afternoon in the first period of that game. He left the game, didn't return, and he's out. So a couple starting defensemen out tonight for Boston. I don't like that when it comes to teams with multiple starting D out of the lineup. You know, that means shifting around with your defensive pairs could lead to more communication breakdowns, just mistakes defensively when that happens. So you could see that here for Boston tonight. Uh, and, of course, Anton Bleed. Uh, of course, missed the last game as well with an upper body injury. We know from the hit that he took uh, for the, is the reason for that from Wilson in the Washington game. So we'll see if he's able to return for the uh, Bruins here tonight. He's questionable. On the flip side, uh, Anaheim, uh, they had been struggling mightily, four straight losses, but 
They ended that homestand on Friday night with a very impressive 5-1 win over the Tampa Bay Lightning. Talk about a terrific, impressive performance uh, for the uh, uh, for the Anaheim Ducks in that game. A very impressive victory. Now they go on this road trip, and it looks like they might be getting some reinforcements tonight. Uh, Troy Terry, who has missed the last few games, game-time decision uh, for this one, but it's looking like he's trending toward playing. Same with Cam Fowler, uh, the defenseman for the uh, Ducks, and they've been without him and Josh Manson. Uh, on the blue line for a period of time. So there's some good news there that the uh, Ducks could be getting a little bit healthier. Man, does this ever feel like a flat spot? And I was talking about this with Jimmy before the game up for Boston. Things are going swimmingly, 5-1 and one on this homestand. They go on the road after this against Colorado to start that trip. Big game. This feels like flat spot city and ripe for the picking for the uh, Anaheim Ducks tonight, to be quite honest with you. I'm taking a shot. First period, money line, Anaheim for full game money line Anaheim big upset I, it feels like it I don't know if we're going to get Boston's best they've had these games in the past where they're playing a mediocre to below average Western Conference team at home and they're just not really revved up to play that game or fired up to win or have that focus necessary I could see that being one of these nights and look two Carrasco is in net tonight and credit to him he settled in and played pretty solid late in that game against Winnipeg but he was also very shaky in the first period of that game against Winnipeg. And Winnipeg could add a couple or three goals uh, in that game. They missed some nets. They hit a post uh, as well. And that was still a very shaky Tuka Rask early in that game. I think this is a great spot for Anaheim starting a road trip. They finally have some positive momentum uh, after beating uh, Tampa Bay on Friday night. And they're getting healthier. Terry may be back tonight. Fowler may be back tonight. Um, Anaheim, I think, is very live. This is a dangerous game in my opinion, for the Boston Bruins. Jimmy, Ducks, Bruins. As I said to you before, like you mentioned, we spoke about this before we got live here, and um, I'm, I'm in 100% agreement with you looking at this Bruins team right now. You mentioned it there. I mean, Tuka Rask has not really been that great. Um, I, I think he's, to his credit, he has made saves when he's had to as the game has gone on, and obviously one of the biggest ones being that save at the end of that game Saturday uh, to preserve the 3-2 win and not let it get to overtime, but he's been shaky. Uh, but I don't necessarily blame it on him. I don't think it's just been him being shaky right now. I think one guy you look at, and if you could just bet on a, a player having a shitty game, I would put $1,000 on Brandon Carlo right now because this guy is a nightmare. He's a turnstile on defense right now. He got beat so bad on that first goal by Harkins the other night against Winnipeg. I mean, it was just, it was embarrassing. And yeah, you know, he dropped the gloves later. I give him credit for that. But I don't know what's going on if he's out of it mentally, because as far as I know, he's healthy right now, but he's just not in his game. He's not in his element right now. So watch them when they're on the ice. You want to do some live scoring. If you see Brandon, Brandon Carlo on the ice right now, uh, get that next goal for the for the Ducks there. I'm with you. I love this game for the Ducks. I think it's a great situation for them. The Bruins are looking ahead to a road trip, looking ahead to playing a contender in Colorado. Uh, and I like this game. I like Anaheim to come in. I'm going to take two things on this. I'm going to go with the first period over. I could see the Ducks taking a nice 2 nothing lead into the intermission. Maybe the Bruins wake up a little, but it's going to be one of those, you know, too little, too late for the Bruins. And I like the Anaheim Ducks in regulation with some great value there. I'm looking at plus 320. Give me the Ducks in regulation. Wow, that's big value. And that's uh, plus 320 Anaheim in regulation. I mean, for me, I've locked in plus 180 first period on Anaheim and plus 210 
uh, with the full game on money line here. It's just it's just got that smell from ways away of this kind of game for Boston mm-hmm. being the ultimate clunker. It really does. I mean, and, yeah, and, and you and mentioned that, the injuries on defense. Yeah. That means more minutes for Carlo right now, and that's not good minutes for the Boston Bruins. <laughs> no. And even the recent wins, fortuitous, barely beat Washington, barely beat Winnipeg. I mean, they're just barely win- – they're playing good. They are. They're finding ways. Maybe they find a way tonight. But that's also why I'm splitting it up because part of me does think if Anaheim has the strong start, which I think they will, Boston wakes up, battles back. They still are the better team, and they'll find a way to – come back and win the game that's why i'm splitting it up because i want the first period to be part of the equation for me uh with this bet so it's a first period full game split for me uh with mm-hmm. anaheim two big money line underdog prices with both of those uh, andrew what do you think here anaheim and boston hey Ian, we got michael o'brien here in the chat saying it's an underdog night for bobano i don't think i've ever seen you take so many uh, dogs in a row the dogs are barking i don't know if you've got a new dog in your household no there isn't but uh look at even yesterday i took ottawa Uh, they got it to winnipeg nearly beat pittsburgh as a big underdog same kind of thing yesterday pittsburgh was totally asleep in that game early on against slumping winnipeg a team out of the conference a western team just like what Boston's going to see here tonight with Anaheim, and if you're the if you had the Jets plus with the plus price, you deserved a better fate. They played a yeah. good game. Let me tell you too. I'm going to jump on that first period uh, on the Ducks win in the first period there. Just like Winnipeg yesterday yeah, yeah. against Pittsburgh. Give me three bets on this. Yeah. Flat, flat as a pancake early in that game. Penguins uh, yeah. against Winnipeg yesterday, a slumping Western Conference team at home for Pittsburgh yesterday. It's flat as a pancake early. That's kind of what I th- see here potentially for the Bruins tonight. Uh, keep going, Andrew. I want to get your guys' thoughts on this real quick because um, these I talked about these goalie save props. And what's interesting about them is that you could bet on a goalie to get a bunch of saves, but that doesn't necessarily mean you think that goalie is going to have a good game or that team's going to win. You just think that that team's going to get peppered. Tuka mm-hmm. Rask tonight at one of the sites I use is showing 27 saves here. I might go over. I agreeing with you guys, it could be a spot for Anaheim to upset, but... I think he's going to get peppered with shots. You guys know what I'm saying? So at 27, we could still see Anaheim win, but I think he's going to get peppered with shots. We've seen him kind of in and around that number. Last game, it was below that. But what do you guys think of Tuca over 27 saves here? I think Anaheim controls possession more than people think. You guys think I, under? I, I think under because I think under. Tuca could get shelled. Okay. We've already seen him get shelled once before. and I, I, I'm You're with, worried he gets pulled. Yeah, I'm worried yeah, here under. with Ian. Wow. They, I think they're going to have a horrendously flat start. I completely agree with Ian. And and whether they've shown resilience, they've shown an ability to come back before, but whether I just don't know if it's in them tonight. And I just think they get caught looking ahead. But they could lose like 4-1 and he still goes, you know, has like 30 saves, 31. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, if we're talking about Anaheim racking up like 35, 36 shots, yeah. But yeah. I, I see it more of being like a, a 28-23 type shot. Game. Okay. That's how okay. I feel this game. And then he wouldn't get there. Okay. Happy I asked you guys. Happy I yeah. Okay. Um, it's it. Those are. Th- I just find those cool, Jimmy. I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm kind no. of obsessed with that right now. <laughs> uh, but they're kind of cool props. But um, yeah. When I look at this game, I'm on the first period over. Um, so I'm happy to be on the same page there, Jimmy. And uh, I like what you guys are liking there with with the dog. I think it's a good spot for it. Um, I'm being a little bit more safe i guess and, and and not getting that big plus price but i think that um some people ask me i had someone dm me and ask what makes you like a first period sometimes more than just a full game and i had to kind of think about it because sometimes it's kind of just like a gut feel to be honest with you um but in this one in particular it's a confidence thing you know 
uh, two teams playing well. I think Anaheim's back in full health. They're going to have, you know, the the peace of mind to come in and, and know that, hey, let's get some shots on Tuca. Like I was just talking about, hey, let's get pucks deep. Let's try and, you know, get some ozone time. And that's going to want to start early, you know. And for the for the bees playing at, at the Garden, they're going to want to have a good start as well. So um, as much as a lot of the time that I bet these first periods, I would also like the full game. And I've been on shows where I've doubled up you know, full game, first period. But today I'm just on the first period at a really good price. You know, I mentioned sometimes you have to pay like minus 140 to bet these first period overs. Today you're looking at minus 115, you know, 120, 115. So it's a good price, yeah. I think it can get there. Boston's on a first period over tear right now, 10 and one. Uh, first period over in their last 11 games. And they've been trending full game overs a lot too, but even more so uh, the full uh, the first period overs. Uh, for the Boston Bruins, 10 of their last 11 games uh, have gone over one and a half in the first period. So John, John X in our live chat here, you see him, Jimmy, I think Tuca gets pulled in the first period. <laughs> <laughs> it could happen, man. It, it's, yeah. it's been that type of start for him right now. Imagine yep. having Tuca save bad and seeing him on the bench. <laughs> and, and there were so there many, go. he did settle in a bit against Winnipeg Saturday. In the, as it went along, but if you watch that first period, man, it was he, he just routine shots coming at him, just a slow rolling puck that was going to him, and he fumbled it as he was trying to glove it down and, and freeze it for a face off. Just these little things I noticed that man, he really looks like he's totally out of sync still. You can tell it's a guy with zero training camp and no game action. Yeah, prior and then to he's this game in season. January, man. I mean, yeah. these guys are leagues ahead of him in terms of game speed and and just being in that mental spot that you need to be in to play in an NHL game. I, I think it's going to be a little while here. We're talking like maybe tonight and maybe one or two more starts before we potentially see the Tuka Rask we've known from the past. There we go. I like that Tuka Rask we've known from the past. Uh, I did nice not little, mean to run there, but I'll take it. <laughs> nice little lyric there from uh, Jimmy Murphy. I like it. Uh, kick some lyrics on the uh, Monday edition <laughs> here of the Ice Guys show. Um, so th- there we go. That's Anaheim and Boston. Uh, before we get to our next game, we want to mention, of course, DraftKings Sportsbook, our great partners here uh, at the uh, Hockey Podcast Network and the Ice Guys. So we're down to four teams left in the NFL playoffs, and that means only four teams left for you to bet on at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get $280 in free bets if your team wins. If you're not a new customer, you can experience the conference championships with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win $280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years of age or older. Must reside in a DraftKings Sportsbook state. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the DraftKings app. Sign up for an account. Use the promo code THPN. All right, let's continue along. The Montreal Canadiens and the Minnesota Wild. Minnesota minus 350 home favorites. Six the total in this one. I'm going to keep it simple. 
uh, death taxes, Minnesota overs on home ice. I mean, it just it's just keeps on being a thing here uh, with this team. Uh, they just keep on trending over on at home. They're what now, 14 and three, I believe, over the total uh, in home games this year. The Minnesota Wild uh, have been on, I would say, of those 14 that have gone over in those 17 home games, I think I've probably cashed like 10 or 12 of them. I've been on them just constantly. I think we'll probably see this game go over the total. Now, uh, again, you tip your cap to uh, Caden Primo, uh, who saw Samuel Montembeau, his teammate, play so well the last couple of games. He said, boy, I better start you know, doing my part here uh, in that. He played very solid against Colorado, uh, gave the Canadians a chance. I'll tell you what about this Montreal team. You know, they beat Dallas. They took Vegas and Colorado, even though they lost to overtime uh, in those two games. They work hard. They compete hard. They haven't rolled over. These are guys trying to show what they can do at the NHL level, trying to show themselves to be, yeah, we, we th- hey, we want to show we're an NHL player. Uh, and the way you do that is give all-out effort and uh, performance every single night. And you're getting that work ethic uh, from Montreal right now. So, you know, dangerous game for Minnesota. Minnesota's playing well again. Five of their last six they've won. Uh, but you look at this and you look at the way the schedule sets up for them. They played uh, – Washington, they played Colorado, they played back-to-back with uh, Chicago. You know, this does feel like a flat spot for Minnesota a little bit uh, going into this game. Um, The question is, can Montreal find a way to shock Minnesota? I'm not sure. I'm more uh, confident in the fact we'll probably see goals both ways, probably more for Minnesota uh, here in this game. Primo will be back in net, by the way, tonight for uh, for the Canadians. But Cam Talbot will be back from a long absence for the Minnesota Wild and starting uh, in net. He hasn't played since New Year's Day. And to be honest with you, he wasn't playing well before this injury. You know, his last four starts, he gave up five plus in three of those last four starts he made prior to this return from injury today, Cam Talbot. So uh, when you look at this here for Minnesota, you got this Montreal team that is just even with all the uh, decimation that they've got with their own roster, uh, they found ways to you know, generate offense, generate an attack, find their way to scoring some goals. I think there's probably a solid chance you can see that here tonight. I mean, even for a team that as I uh, look at it, still without, you know, the likes of Yoel Armia and Cole Caulfield and Jonathan Drouin and uh, Brendan Gallagher, uh, go on down the list here of just who's out for them. But they just recently got to Foley back. They recently got Josh Anderson back, which has helped them a little bit. Christian Dvorak's kind of stepped up for them offensively in recent games. I think they can find the back of the net here at least a couple of times. So I like the over six here with the Habs and the Wild. Uh, Jimmy, uh, Montreal, Minnesota. Well, obviously, guys, you know, I've been watching the Canadians a lot more closely lately as I do stuff for Montreal hockey now. And what I can tell you is there's, it's been a constant build uh, in terms of this team in the last, I'd say four to five. Well, now we'll say, so what they lost Monday. So thir- the last three games, so to speak, uh, they, they've started to build something there. And you mentioned it. They're working hard out there. And I think it's no coincidence that all of a sudden a new GM gets put into place. And now these guys up their game a bit because they know they're fighting for jobs. Uh, you know, if they want to stay or they want to be traded, they better up their value either way right now. And I think we're seeing that in action on the ice right now. They've also started to filter a lot of their regulars, their veteran guys like a Josh Anderson, like a Dvorak, you said, back in the lineup. They got Drew in back, but unfortunately he's hurt again. But still, guys that, you know, the younger guys are used to having that security net in the lineup of experience are getting back in there. And and I've seen it translating to success. And they've got points in three straight games. I think they bust through for the upset tonight. 
Uh, but one thing I will say is I think it's going to come in overtime. So I got two bets here. I'm going to take Montreal in the money line for the upset. And I'm going to go the draw because they have gone to extra time in three straight games. So give me Montreal to win in overtime. And also going back to what Andrew's been bringing up here with betting on the over under on saves. Well, you look at the fact that Montreal has allowed 46 or more shots on net in their last four straight games. Uh, I would take the over on saves for Caden Premium for the sole fact of the amount of rubber that he's likely to face, because that is one thing that Montreal's doing that, you know, it has caught up to them a bit. Maybe they're able to not do it as much tonight is this bend don't break approach and it's getting them points, but it's not getting them wins. But I think it does translate finally into wins. I think the goalie gets rewarded with a W here. Uh, I like the Canadians to, to take care of a business in Minnesota and close out the trip on a high note. I have no reservations at all with anyone maybe taking a shot with Montreal tonight because we've seen effort. This is not a great Minnesota spot. The The only concern is this has been a house of horrors for Montreal. They've lost seven straight times here uh, in Minnesota, and they're 1-10 in 10 last 11 in Minis- uh, against the Minnesota Wild overall. So this has been a team they just haven't been able to beat better Montreal teams than this one have not been able to beat uh, Minnesota in the past but look the the effort again and these are good teams lately Colorado Vegas they've been right there in these games I I don't fault you Jimmy or anyone maybe taking a shot with the draw Minnesota just came off an overtime win against Chicago they were down 3-2 in that game at home and had to rally themselves back to win that game 4-3 yeah this does feel like maybe the wild win but they could still uh, be uh, Montreal could still like they've been lately right in this hockey game uh, from start to finish. Andrew, certainly you've got to be admired with this hard trying <laughs> Montreal team decimated as they are lately. How do you see it here? Habs and wild. Yeah. Ever since uh, Jeff Bezos took over as our new GM, we've just been impressing. Maybe, maybe they figured they're going to get more money. Uh, but yeah, ever since Hughes took over, I mean, it's been good. Uh, you know, the compete level, obviously getting to Foley back. I think he scored a goal in two straight games. Um, I've been loving reading Jimmy's articles. Um, nice to see you covering them, uh, Jimmy. And, um, look what, what I think of that's interesting about them is that people love talking about how Caulfield hasn't looked very good and these younger players, Suzuki, the pressure on them. But what I've noticed is the, the play from these younger guys that's led to goals or success from the older players and, Kind of like Suzuki setting up Toffoli in back-to-back games, but no one talks about the past. They talk about Toffoli's finish. I think that it's been nice on everybody that this team has gotten a little bit healthier. They've dealt with lots of COVID stuff. They still have to deal with it. I believe uh, Armia and Caulfield are still in Wisconsin. Um, So they still have to deal with it a little bit, but I feel like they're starting to score a little bit. They're starting to kind of have some fun out there. And, you know, the funny thing is about this Canadians team is, and, and I'll be the first person to say this because I don't care. When when we had Price, and us, and I said we, in the playoffs last year, how many shots a game the Canadians give up against the Leafs, against the Golden Knights, against the Tampa Bay Lightning? A lot. Winnipeg as well. A lot. But that's what happens when you pay your goalie $10.5 million, right? Right now, they've been that team and it hasn't worked out for them, you know? Sam Montembeau is just out of breath, you know, given that, you know, having 40 saves in one night sometimes. Um, but this team, they're starting to play better defensively, but they're also not sitting back and parking the bus anymore. They're starting to play more offense. And I like that about them in this game here. The odds are really interesting. I think if you like another team, if you want to find a dance partner for this wager, or, and I'm not trying to be 
on a day where we're talking about lots of dogs in this show. I'm not trying to be Andrew to come on here and give out some some uh, chalky picks. You can take a look at Montreal plus one and a half goals here and, and try and find a dance partner because Minnesota are big favorites. You know, I, I saw one book here where you can get them plus one and a half at, let me see here, like, you know, like plus 110 or something like that, or even a minus print. I mean, how often are you getting a plus one and a half guys? Um, and at this price, what's the full, what's the actual money lane right now for across the board, 385, 370. Yeah. It's not often you can get a plus one and a half. And I don't usually like taking these plus one and a halves because a lot of times you're turning a dog into a favorite, but in this instance, you're getting a plus one and a half. So it's Andrew puck line, except for it's the other way. It's, it's <laughs> plus one and a half yep. uh, for Montreal to keep things close. And they have been competing. And, you know, hats off to Jimmy for taking that prop. I mean, for them to win in overtime, you know, I, I'm kind of just being a little bit more cautious, thinking like, you know what, even if they get to the overtime, then I'll win. But, hey, I'm, I'm not getting that big plus money value like he is in the longer term betting like this. But. Montreal's been breaking my heart recently, but they've also making me happy because they're competing a lot more. So I'm going to take them plus one and a half for them to keep this game close. All right. Good stuff. Uh, liking Montreal plus a one and a half and a plus price. I can't fault anyone for liking maybe the Habs on the puck line here, given what we've seen from them lately. And again, for Minnesota, you're play, you played Chicago twice. You played some pretty good hockey teams. Now you've got, you've got lowly Montreal. I mean, it's human nature. You're just maybe a little bit flat and you're maybe just not quite as sharp in games like this where it's just, you know, a, a bottom feeder opponent coming in here, but one that's been playing much tougher and, and, and more competitive lately. Uh, so it is a bit of a dangerous, tricky spot for Minnesota. We'll see how they handle it. Chicago, Colorado. We've got Colorado minus 320 home favorites here. Six was the total when it opened. It's gone up to six and a half. Um, you look at it, you can, can kind of see why the total's gone up. The one concern at six and a half is, you know, two of the last three meeting, or actually, yeah, uh, three of the last, two of the last four meetings uh, have either had five or six. So now you're going to need seven for this game to go over the total. We did see that though uh, earlier this season in Chicago. It was four three in overtime uh, for Colorado. Uh, there was a game in uh, and the game earlier this season in Colorado though landed right on six with a four two Colorado win. Although I think it needed a lot of goals late in that game, even to get it to six, it kind of started out, uh, actually it was three, one after the first period. And then it kind of trailed off uh, the scoring uh, in uh, that game. Uh, I don't really have anything on the side. You've got Chicago's lost three in a row, Colorado, not pretty, but they're finding ways to win. You know, they got outplayed by LA, but beat the Kings four to one. They beat uh, Anaheim two, nothing. Uh, they escaped past Minnesota four, uh, three, you know, they haven't exactly been cruising and rolling to easy victories, but they found ways to win. They've won six in a row. They're all obviously much healthier now, especially up front. They are still dealing with a couple injuries on the blue line, Bowen Byram out, Ryan Murray a day-to-day as well. But for the most part, they're definitely fully healthy up front. Marc-Andre Fleury's been confirmed uh, in net here for the uh, Blackhawks uh, or in this game. And of course, he had a bit of a rough uh, go of it uh, in his last start against uh, Minnesota on Friday night, the 5-1 loss. He got pulled after four goals on 13 shots uh, in that game. Um, Flurry is a competitor, though, though, and I know there's trade rumors going around. We'll even finish the season in Chicago. Uh, there are some question marks there now that are starting to creep up. But you got to believe the competitor that Flurry is. He doesn't like getting pulled. I'd expect him to play better. I do lean still to the over, but 
definitely don't feel as strongly about this one as some of the other uh, ones on the card tonight. Jimmy, what do you think here, Chicago uh, and Colorado? You know, guys, I guess this is, uh, you know, who let the dogs out day here. I, I don't know why I'm feeling this, but I'm going to stick with the gut today. It's one of those days when, you know, and, and then, as I said, this weekend, my gut was right a lot on football. So I'm going to stick my gut here and go with another underdog. Give me the Chicago Blackhawks straight up on the money line. I did not like the way the Colorado Avalanche played in those final two periods against the Montreal Canadiens there. They let up. They got a little complacent there. Um, and another thing I noticed, and I think it's something to watch carefully, is what's up with Cal McCarr? He was really out of it. He was not in his element. He was not in his game there. He took a vicious inadvertent high stick uh, to the head there towards the end of the game and really looked dazed. Keep an eye on him tonight and see where his minutes are at and how he's performing. And obviously going forward, that could be a key factor for them. But I just like this spot for the Blackhawks based on the way Colorado trended as that game went on the other night. Yeah, and uh, definitely uh, Colorado. Colorado still looks, in terms of their advanced numbers, solid uh, still, but not as good as they once were. Unfortunately, they're playing a Chicago team that they're minus 13 high danger chances margin the last 10 games. That's not good. They're just getting uh, crushed from an ex expected goals perspective. I mean, they're losing that battle by minus four per game. Colorado, of course, plus 2.2 per game. So it's a huge gap between these two teams in those categories. It's uh, I, this is definitely, you know, potentially a spot where you worry for Colorado a little bit, but I just don't know if I have enough confidence in Chicago's overall game right now to trust them to go on the road win here. Andrew, what do you think? Blackhawks and Avs. Yeah, one thing about this Avalanche team, for as good as they are, just like Jimmy said, they've really been playing down to their competition level, and that's not something that you, if, you know, they, this is a team that pretty much the entire regular season, they have been the betting favorites to win the Stanley Cup. And I'm not sure if this is a team that should be what the, what they are listed right now as the Stanley Cup favorite that consistently plays against lower competition and just takes nights off. Um, I don't care if you score eight goals against a good team, if you can't put up four goals against a bad team, I'm sorry. I just think I don't like that inconsistency sometimes, just like Jimmy was saying there. Um, I like the team total tonight for the Blackhawks. I think the over is going to hit, uh, as a, as a whole all together, but I think the Blackhawks get a few here tonight. Um, you know, good call about the defenseman there, Makara and, and company for the, for the, uh, uh plus one has to be good here too. You, you know, Andrew, like yeah. if you want confident enough that Chicago could pull that upset off. I, we, I think we still agree they're hanging in here. So mm -hmm. at least maybe a plus one and a half. Definitely. And when I look at, when I look towards those, Jimmy, a lot of times I like to look at the first period, just the plus a half. Cause then after yeah. the first period, you could be tied. Cause I hate the plus one and a half sometimes with big favorites like this, because yeah. you can see that empty net magic. And yeah. I don't know. I know I kind of just did that with Montreal, but I think in this game, if I was going to do that, I would look at the first period plus a half because you're a winner, even if it's tied after yep. the first period. Um, but yeah, team total for me with the Blackhawks and uh, I guess kind of an impulse, but I now I actually might be thinking about making that bet myself now that Jimmy uh, looking at the plus one and a half or the first period because I think they will keep it close, you know, and, and look at the chalk we're laying here with, with Colorado. I mean, I'll say this, guys, you know, I've been talking about props on the show today quite a bit, but. If you're betting Colorado, why aren't you looking at props? It, it, it all spends the same. You go to the bar with your buddies. doesn't matter how, how you got that money. You're spending the money off props or sides or totals. It doesn't matter how you cashed out. 
And I'm, you know, I'm betting on Ranton in shots. I'm betting on McKinnon to score. I'm betting on McCarr to get an assist. That's where you want to be betting, in my I opinion, think, with Colorado. You know, guys, too, one thing is, is Andrew was talking there, made me think about it, too. What was one of the things we heard Colorado say coming into this season after, you know, let's face it, in, in the eyes of many, underachieving in the playoffs, not getting to where they were expected to go. And they're coming in again as a favorite. And it's almost like, We've seen championship teams do this, and it's it's a dangerous game to play it sometimes, but it's almost like, hey, let's just bunch together enough winning streaks here and there, and then we can play mediocre. We can draw back a bit so we don't get hurt. We don't wear ourselves down, and we're ready for the playoffs because as long as we get in, we're confident now that we can take it to a next level and get to where we need to go in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Mm-hmm. So I don't know this for a fact. This is just me looking in from the outside. Maybe that's the approach Colorado's taken, which – Betting-wise, be careful betting them because they're always heavy favorites, and you're going to get some games where teams do force them to overtime and teams do steal games from them because maybe they're taking that approach. Yep. We've said it. Don't be a bridge jumper in this sport. It's not worth it. Do not be that guy that lays minus 300, minus 400, or maybe you laid minus 700 with Colorado on Saturday night against Montreal. <laughs> and there you are biting your fingernails. Is that a record of watching your heart down the stretch? It's got to be close to one. I mean, it has to be a record. Yeah. Yes. And Elliot Friedman lost. even mentioned on Hockey Night in Canada, yeah. biggest betting favorite yeah, of the year in the National I, I heard Elliot's a big gambler. I heard he's he a big well, He was I, trying to push it he off the table. on the air. Is, but we'll see. His buddy David Amber is too. Like, yeah. you know, they'll, they'll put some coin on games. Oh, yeah. I got to say this real quick. It's funny because all kinds of these sportscaster guys, and I've – I love I, I love watching like I'm the kind of guy that doesn't go get some beer and food. I love watching the guys at the intermission talk about the game. I enjoy that quite a bit. But everybody nowadays is a handicapper, and I, I'm not going to sit here and, and act entitled like I, I'm any different than anybody else. But the the amount of impulse bets I see them just give out because they feel like they have to on the show. Like all every show is getting sponsored right these days with betting stuff or a betting company or whatever. Like I saw certain people tweeting out like. You know, the Avalanche are already winning. Let's take them minus one and a half live at minus 200. It's like, come on, guys. Like, you know, the, the current odds right now are for Marshawn to get a goal is minus one. It's like, come on, guys. Like, let's not let's not force the issue here because the betting companies are coming in and sponsoring these shows now, and they're feeling forced to bet on something. I saw some people tweeting out, take the bills live minus three after they were up. The only time to take the bills in that game to me was after KC goes up and take a plus price, you know? So it's just, to me, it's incredible to see how betting is slipping into the terminology though, but all these broadcasters and stuff. And like, Jimmy, I think you have an edge over every other sports writer. Cause you know what you're talking about. And I see your write your articles where you're slipping in some betting stuff. I'm, I'm sure you've seen other people trying to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's happening more often, but yeah. And I mean, truth be told, I'm ordered. I would do it anyways, but I'm getting ordered to do it now because it just okay. it gets more clicks. Mm-hmm. We have things. I don't know if you guys are aware of what anchor text links are and all that, but no, you know, we've got companies that are hired by gambling sites. Now that come to us and say, use these words, NHL betting odds or bet on or, ah. and you, and you link their site and they're giving me, you know, a hundred bucks a link to just throw that in my story. So why the hell not? Yeah, no Why doubt. Not? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, might as well. Uh, if, if that's the uh, compensation, you're going right to get anyway. take advantage of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no doubt. Um, so this game is, you know, it's it's an interesting one. It's a, it's one to be weary of for Colorado. And again, we've seen instances of them where 
again, against Montreal the other night, life and death to win the game. And I think we kind of feel this could be the case tonight. They might win. Certainly they should, because Chicago's finding ways to lose right now as well. But it may not be easy for the uh, Avalanche as minus 310 favorites here uh, in this game. All right, let's wrap it up. Final game of this Monday card, St. Louis and Calgary. We have Calgary minus 155, minus 160 home favorites, five and a half, six the total in this one. So, you know, this is basically kind of me breaking up with the girlfriend, so to speak, type of game for me on the <laughs> NHL card tonight uh, with this game. Um, I took St. Louis in regulation against Seattle uh, on Friday night, figured it was a good spot. I took St. Louis last night uh, in regulation against Vancouver, who were down to the fourth goaltender in their organization, Michael DiPietro with Demko sidelined, with Halak sidelined, with Spencer Martin, who played pretty admirably. Uh, in the shootout loss against Florida on Friday night for Vancouver. I mean, they were just too decimated, yeah. you know, still without JT Miller, still without Bo Horvat and a bunch of key contributors. Uh, and they just didn't have enough to beat a very red hot St. Louis team last night. So we cashed in there with the blues and regulation last night, but this is a horrible spot for St. Louis. It's third road game in four nights. It's a Calgary team that's coming off a loss against Edmonton. Edmonton ended their losing streak against Calgary. Calgary outplayed Edmonton 47 shots. Uh, Miko Koskinen was very good in that game. Calgary had a bunch of chances, just didn't finish. They are a much more rested team. The Blues have played a lot of hockey lately. You look at their schedule, January 15, January 17, January 21, 23, 24. Like I said, third road game in four nights. They've already won the first two games of this road trip against the Canucks and the Kraken. Uh, they're not going to be rested. Calgary, meanwhile, this is just their third game in the last week. All right. They have played just, they played last um, Tuesday uh, against Florida uh, back home. Uh, and then they would, they won five, one, and then they played Saturday against Edmonton. So you talk about a huge rest advantage here for the flames. I think that matters in this game. I like them in regulation here, get it down to even money up price in this one. Uh, Billy Huso has actually been the better goalie lately for St. Louis. Uh, he was terrific last night. Jordan Binnington will probably get the start here on the second of back-to-back -back games. He has not been good lately for the uh, blues. He's been fighting the puck. Uh, in recent games, uh, he gave up six in his last start against Toronto. Uh, he uh, gave up five in a loss to Pittsburgh. Uh, he gave up uh, four goals uh, against Minnesota before that. So Bennington has definitely been fighting the puck a little bit. I think it just sets up definitely from a situational and a spot perspective for Calgary. Off a loss, back home, rested St. Louis back-to-back -back on the road, third game in four nights. And I believe the Blues uh, return home as well uh, after this game. Uh, indeed, they do. Actually, they play Calgary again uh, later this week on uh, Thursday. So it's actually going to be another game for them against the Flames. I could see them being a little bit up against it. And to be honest with you, they got outshot heavily by Vancouver last night. They were fortunate. Even that depleted Vancouver team really took it to the Blues. They were fortunate Huso was as strong as he was in net. So I think it just makes sense for Calgary here at the end of this road trip for St. Louis to take advantage of maybe a worn down blues team that's feeling good after a couple of road wins. So I like Calgary in regulation. I could only go over the total as well uh, when it comes to the total five and a half here with Bennington struggles. Uh, Calgary, I think, should find the back of the net. They should have scored even more than they did against Edmonton. So like the over and I like Calgary in regulation here. Jimmy, what do you think? Blues and Flames. I, everything you said, that's why I like the Calgary Flames. Give me the Flames in regulation. Well, you get a little better value. Uh, even money is what I'm looking at here. 
Uh, definitely a bounce back game for them and catching the, the St. Louis Blues. This is the the classic Ian situational game for sure. Yeah, exactly. And the last game of the road trip, and you're just not as good, you know, especially when you've had a winning road trip. It's, I'm, I'm fascinated. I'm going to be tracking this moving forward because it's been winning lately. Teams that are playing the final game of their road trip when they're off a win because, yeah. you know, they're feeling good. And, I, and I'm seeing it lately across the NHL. Teams are not playing well in this kind of spot. The final road trip, final game of a road trip off a win. And that's what we have here with St. Louis tonight. Lately, I've been seeing teams just not getting the job done in this spot. So we'll see if the uh, Blues can change that script a little bit. Uh, Andrew, what do you think here? St. Louis, Calgary. Yeah, this is actually the first pick I made uh, of this card last night. I bet they were five and a half in this game. Uh, it's hard to argue with how strong the power play is for St. Louis. They're top five in goals per game, goals on the season. But Calgary, you know, I'm looking at this over for them. Look, they've been scoring a little bit, but they're giving up goals. And it's not really something that, uh, you know, it's not really something that's that they want to do. Obviously, no team wants to. But the Sutter way is a lower scoring type of hockey. And that's not really been the case, giving up six, five, four, um, you know, on a consistent basis over the past 10 games. So I'm looking towards the over here. I think it could be a tougher spot for St. Louis, which is why I think Calgary will get theirs as well. Um, and I think they, you know, playing at home is an advantage for them. St. Louis, let's be honest as well, guys, that game against Seattle, fade the Kraken, fade the Kraken. I mean, I had that in regulation, minus 110. They just aren't very good. And then you know, this weekend, obviously yesterday, they've been playing some teams that are mediocre. Um, I think in this game, we could see Calgary upset, but I just prefer the over. I think if Calgary does upset, they got to score three or four goals. All right, there we go. Andrew liking uh, Blues Flames over five and a half. Great show with Jimmy and Andrew uh, breaking down the Monday card. A little longer than normal, but we did a lot of football for 20 minutes at the beginning yeah. of the show. Uh, it was worth it to talk too. about it. Yeah, unless we haven't seen Jimmy for a while. We've yeah. got to make it a long show. We've missed him. Uh, <laughs> no doubt about too. that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great show. Lots of fun. Great discussion. Great analysis as well. Let's put a wrap on it with best bets for this Monday show and Monday NHL slate. Jimmy, we'll start with you. Best bet. I'm gonna go right here in Boston where I am, guys. Give me that uh give me that ducks, my friends. Give me the ducks. There we go. Quack, 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 quack. <laughs> the Anaheim Ducks here, plus two ten, plus two fifteen uh, against the uh, Boston Bruins. Big underdog shot for Jimmy Murphy with his best bet on this Monday card. Uh, Andrew, uh, best bet. I think we might have lost him. I think we might have lost Andrew. Oh, that's the last thing he needed oh. to say for this show was his best bet. I know. Andrew, sending out an SOS. Can you hear me? <laughs> no, he cannot. Him. All right. Well, we'll get the best bet from him in our DM, and I'll make sure to uh, post it here uh, on the uh, show. The way, uh, the way Andrew's Patreon going card. lately, man, the way he's been going over the he's last been month. going good. Every bet. There he is. Bet. He's back. There he is. Oh, the dog there. There we uh, go. Oh, man, it's. He's getting bigger already. Look at that. <laughs> By the way, Andrew's dog has just appeared on screen on the uh, for those of you that are listening to the podcast and not on That's YouTube. Right. Yeah. And I think your volume might be down, Andrew. Uh, best bet oh, for me. Uh, yeah, sorry. Sorry about that, guys. I heard him barking at something. I don't know what was going on, but I had to check it out. Uh, over five and a half, the game we just talked about, Flames and, uh, and Blues. All right, Blues, Flames, over five and a half. Best bet for Andrew there. Sorry about that, guys. No, no worries, man. No worries at all. No worries at all. Uh, my best first, buddy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure. All right. My best bet is going to be 
that same game, but I'm doing the side in that game. Calgary in regulation, uh, which you can get at uh, plus 130 in some spots, plus 125, plus 130. Uh, I'm going to go with that. Flames in regulation against the Blues. Blues are playing great, but this is just not a good situation for them. Third road game in four nights, a very rested Calgary team, and a Calgary team that the last time they played at home after that bag skate that uh, Daryl Sutter gave them, Played one of their absolute best games of the year against Florida, five to one beatdown yeah. over the Panthers. And to be honest, I think they could have and maybe should have beat Edmonton. They really took the play to the Oilers, but Koskinen was just very unCoskinen like compared to what he's been like lately. But he played very well for the Oilers in that game Saturday. I got to ask Andrew too. Andrew, what's his name again? The dog? Henry. Henry. Well, I got to say how how. Big. How prophetic it is that Henry comes in to close the show after all the dogs we picked tonight. <laughs> it was a that's dog true. day on the show. That's it a is. Good and even, yeah, that's right. And even Calgary and regulations, an underdog there price. You go. Plus 125, <laughs> plus 130, Calgary Flames. Regulation for me for best bet for this Who Monday card. Dogs out? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the Baja men would be very proud of us today uh, on the uh, Ice Guys for sure. The one hit wonders that they I were. I love that song. Yeah, it's. Uh, I heard it's it too really much. Not really on my Hammond. playlist these days anymore, but when I was a kid, it was on there. <laughs> yeah, I'm over that song. I heard it like a million times at Hamilton Bulldogs games when I went to, to a lot more Bulldogs games back in the day than I do now. But Andrew, is that a, is that an H E N Y or uh, are we talking the Rocket Henry Richard here? No, it's 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 Hen H E N R Y. Yeah, okay. but sometimes I'll call him Henri. <laughs> yeah, there he is, Henry, getting oh, his licks in right now on Andrew. He's just. Uh, a going concern right now. He's too uh, strong. <laughs> he is. He's getting big. Uh, speaking of big, this was a big show, a long show, and we're wrapping it up right now. Thanks to everyone for joining us. We appreciate it. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Jimmy Murphy and Andrew McGinnis, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Monday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. Betcasts coming your way after Super Bowl weekend as well. Don't forget that. Ice Guys Betcasts after Super Bowl weekend on a weekly basis. We're looking forward to those. Have a great Monday night. Enjoy the games and good luck. We'll talk to you again tomorrow on Tuesday for another edition of the Ice Guys presented by the Hockey Podcast Network.